We now return to the latest episode of the Friends You Can Keep podcast already in progress. So I have two articles that I want to talk about. because I wanted to talk about them two episodes ago and we didn't. And last episode we didn't get to them. So we're just going to do it now. Um, the first one is, and I figured they, they fit in because we did a lot of talk about movies. First one is a ranker listing, but it's people on the page Watchworthy. Share poorly reviewed movies that they think are actually very good movies. Uh, there are probably so many. So we'll go from the bottom. Not that it really matters, but with Ranker. Well, how many? What's the very bottom? I don't know. I'm getting there. Gotta let it load. I mean, we'll also skip movies that we've never seen. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's tons. So That's uh, ten. <laughs> well, so I'm seeing how it's, far it goes, because a lot of these I haven't... Okay. Oh, that's not many. Oh, God. Did you ever see this movie with David Koechner? The Comebacks? No. It's a spoof movie. It wasn't that good. I absolutely love that movie, but it seems like I am alone on that. Not alone. It's one of my favorites. ACL Tear for Life. So it, I'm 99% certain it's a spoof of, of like football. sports movies. Um, the Heart of the Sea didn't see it. I did not see Nacho Libre. Uh, I think I saw it once. I want to, just never got around to it. It looks like the kind of movie where like you it's like a niche yeah like it might yeah it is very it's one of those like it speaks to you or it doesn't i think it's a very like, singular it's, it's not, napoleon dynamite yeah it's, it's not a very singular like either you yes, love this movie yeah. or you hate this movie well no but i don't know that you don't well napoleon dynamite was different because it, it was awful mm, well because it had a very specific audience and those people loved it but like it's a yeah. It's fine. It's fine. And then I tried to watch it and I'm like, this movie sucks. Yeah, but if you get this the, movie is not funny. If you get the context, like there's a lot of jokes that are like, I, I like your sleeves. Like I get it. it it's okay. It's funny. But see, like, and it's not even, oh, well, it's it's the style of humor. No, because it's a, it's similar to Strangers with Candy and like what Amy Sedaris does. Well, I think that's very hysterical. Similar to Anchorman. I think Anchorman is hysterical. I thought that movie was dog shit. It's just because I, I keep saying that a lot in this show. I feel bad that I keep using the phrase dog shit, but like it just keeps coming out of my mouth. I didn't think that Napoleon, the first time I saw it, I hated I it. I never finished it because I couldn't finish it. But I watched it again. The two times I've tried to watch it because people gush about it around me, and I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And I, I watch not, it, and I'm like, I can't. I would not. This is unbearable how unfunny this movie I is. I wouldn't gush about it, but like I wouldn't say it. Like, it's Everyone not, I've ever heard talk about it loves it. And I try to watch it, and I'm like, I, I don't can't, know that people really love it. I can't sit through this because it's so. I think it was one of those movies where I'm like, we're. Everyone is saying that we're supposed to love it, so we love it. When everyone's like, all oh, these one-liners, I'm like, there aren't any. Yeah, there are. No, there well, aren't. I've never heard one person say that besides you. The only thing <laughs> I've ever heard is the Tina, come get some ham. I think I've heard that. And I always one... hear that your mom goes to college. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that one a billion times. And there's it, the dumb dance, there's the vote for Pedro t-shirts, and it's like, fuck off, you're going to tell me this is like a good one-liner so movie. No. It's not. The one-liner movies you're looking for are yeah, Anchorman. Anchorman. Like, there's great movies with one-liners in them, and that's not one of them. It, But I think it for its audience, there were, because it is the guy who made it a Mormon. I have no idea. But like, it, it's that's where it's set. In like the Mormon Midwest, King's College is it King's College? Whatever his T-shirt is, it's a BYU college. Not a clue. But like, I think 
Because it was more of like a conservative. Bury your underwear? Is that what that was? No. Oh, shit. I forget what, what the school is. But anyway, like it was, there's real, I don't, there's no cursing. It, it's not like provocative in any way. So like. It is provocative. It gets people going. It, Another John Heater movie. Yeah, that's a different one. I know. With Will Ferrell. Yeah. But I think that that's why it got such like a push because it is, it's very like clean. It minus the fact that his brother is just like meeting this lady on the internet. But I guess, I mean, they don't, nothing, there's no like weirdness, I guess, but. But all that to say, I think Nacho Libre is probably similar. Um, where the, like it has its little audience and the beach with DiCaprio. Never even heard I of never it. saw it. Never even heard of it. I think it's it. scary. The Lone Ranger. You've heard of it? It's the one where it's like, oh, the beach is just Jack from Titanic thawing out and walking up on the beach because there's a scene of him just like walking out of the water. Never heard of it. The Lone Ranger with Army Hammer and uh, Johnny Depp. Well, I'm not watching that. <laughs> really, a twofer. It's a double header in that but movie. Aren't we we're allowed to like him again or not? Who? Uh, not Army Hammer. Well, I don't think the verdict was ever really given on Army Hammer. Because people were like, he's a cannibal. And he was just like, I'm no, done. No, he's not a cannibal. It's, he didn't eat her. He bit her on the neck. The he's rumor, sexually aggressive. The rumor was that he was a cannibal. No, he bit her. I'm, I'm just telling you what the, what it was. I'm just telling you he didn't eat people. He I'm not her. looking for facts. I'm telling you what the internet believes. I'm also believes. telling you that his family I doesn't also, own Arm and Hammer. They I just also, got sick of being yeah, I questioned. I so they bought them. They also don't. But no, are, are we allowed to like Johnny Depp again? I think you were never not allowed to like Johnny Depp. Well, the, you know, during the trial. I don't like he, him. He's a piece of shit. He's always been a piece of shit. Well, he's, he's not, not a, a good, good actor. actor. I don't like I don't care for him. Anyway, people took away from that trial that he was the hero. No, it was him. No, still, they're both. They're both. Awful. It's him still on. Um, you still shit on her he's pillow. Still, he's still under. Oh, saying like, yeah, I get drunk and I'm a total dirtbag piece of shit, yeah, but I he, didn't do this. And people were like, good for you, good for her. She's the villain. It? She's the villain, Johnny. Tell her. Oh, it was, it was like a defamation suit. Yeah, because she. He said something about her in the press. Well, no, he said something about her. After she and then she wrote an article in some English newspaper about him, and he won the trial in England. And then I think she like countersued him in America. I don't know. It's this whole convoluted, nonsensical bullshit about two people that don't fucking matter. And it was so zoomed in on everything, and the internet made it. It was straight like, white dudes for Johnny Depp and women for Amber Heard. Mm, and there was, was no in-between. I'm not for either of them. I You're, shouldn't say that. The in-between was this straight is a, conservative white people for Johnny Depp. Because women are dropping panties left and right for Johnny Depp. He's not attractive, number one. Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean was so good. No, was it? it? The first one was okay. And then you made like 60 of them. And people just stopped giving a shit. I, and then you're all up in arms because, oh, we're going to reboot it, but we're not going to cast him. Well, how dare you? It's a fucking reboot. Yeah, why, I don't understand. Do you people not know what that word means? I mean, I know you don't. 
Because you're thinking Wonka is like a reboot. No, it's a fucking sequel. It's a prequel. That, yeah, it was a prequel. Oh, God. It's just so tiring. I just thought that both of them were guilty. But I think he's... Well, and I keep seeing the whole, like... But, I mean, Army Hammer is guilty. He is a piece of shit. But people keep saying with Johnny Depp, like... Because all the stuff when they fire Jonathan Majors from being Kang. Oh, glad to see they waited now to do guilty until... Or innocent until proven guilty, like they didn't do for Johnny Depp, and it's like that's not. Well, but he there was a lot of weird stuff with their dogs. Also, they didn't fire him from anything. They just said we're not going to move forward with him as Jack Sparrow in a movie that has yet to be fucking written or made or even talked about anymore. If you would, if you're going to talk about anybody, talk about Warner Brothers because he was in that fucking Harry Potter movie, and in the sequel, they're like, you're done. But I just hate. I hate. That that trial showed both of these people are shitbags. Yeah. Big but time. all it showed for him was like, yeah, I'm a fucking drunk. And when I drink, I drink hard and I am an absolute garbage person. Like a fucking yeah, piece you, of shit. She put dog shit on her pillow. Or was that her? One of them put poop on the other one's I think pillow. He, I think he did. And people just played it off like, oh, it was just a prank. And it's like, it's not fucking not, happens. I don't remember. A, or she did it. I think she may have done it to him now. It's not I a don't prank. know. It's not a prank. There was so much shit going on. And I just got tired of seeing like him being painted as the hero. And I'm like, no, Mm-mm. that's not what this is. No, I think it was a huge waste of. Um, Sphere. Never saw. But wait, Sharon the Stone. They were in? The, Lone the Lone Ranger. Ranger. It's a Disney movie. Oh, dear. The one with Sharon Stone and Dustin Hoffman underwater walked out of the cinema and all my friends had hated it. I loved it. Called Sphere. Sure. Mm, must be older. The Road to El Dorado. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't say when it came out. No, it does not Who say was when it? it came out. Who was in it? Underrated 20. Yeah, it doesn't say. Sphere. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman and Sharon Stone. Yeah, so it's, that's probably The Road to El Dorado. I never saw The Road to El Dorado. Never saw it. Um, um, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I saw it. It was uh, okay. It was I okay. may have. You probably didn't. It was okay. Night of the Comet. Nope. Never heard of it. Uh, the Monster Squad. Never nope. heard of it. <laughs> Last Action Hero. Nope. Is this a Schwarzenegger? Schwarzenegger. I don't get it. The movie is so good. Good story, good action, and it's so Schwarzenegger with its one-liners. Which made him a hit. I appreciate you and everyone else here liking this movie. The critics were full of shit. What dreams may come. <gasps> well. One of the few Robin Williams movies I haven't seen. Here's the question I have though. So these three comments are. What dreams may come. Robin Williams movie. That was the first comment. Okay. That is my absolute favorite Robin Williams film. I know I would not say that. And it was better rated than Toys. Another good Robin Williams movie that everyone hated. So. I want to see it. It's very, very, very hard to watch. I mean, it's my mission to watch all of his movies. Do you know what it's about? Vaguely, because you and I have talked about it before. This is not a spoiler. This is the plot of the movie is that his wife committed suicide. And now he's going to look for her in purgatory. Yes. So he's like in a watercolor painting, but and it's um, Cuba Gooding Jr. is like yeah. his like guide. Or no, like so. Event when Robin Williams dies, then like he's in. I, I think it's essentially like a purgatory sort of setting, and he's trying to find her, and it's. 
it's very sad. So it's one of those movies where like I, I would it's like a Star is Born. Like I wouldn't tell you like oh, this movie's wonderful. You should see it every day, but you should see it once. I do want to see it. But there's a pretty big scene that's very disturbing. Very, very, very disturbing. So it's sort of like watch it in the in full full broad daylight when you feel very mentally stable. Because if you don't, you're gonna go down a very, very specific, very dark avenue. Because <laughs> clearly, this movie's about like all death. Yeah, it's not. Everybody didn't go up. Yeah, a couple of people went the other way. Yeah, <laughs> and it's big on suicide. Not, not. I mean, it's a that's a big plot point in the movie i um but it's very scenes of the movie are very beautiful because he's in an oil painting and they're like squishing it and like i don't know if it's um streaming anywhere i don't know i might own it i really want to see it it it's it's worth it like it is it's a movie that's really worth watching i have come to like there was a time in my life when I was younger. I thought the two, my two top tier, number one and like one A actors were De Niro and Pacino. Ew. Don't you say that now, but think about it. Don't think about that through the lens of 2024. I'm not. Think about that through Heat, Goodfellas, Casino. Like there was a time, Scarface. So you had a very, you like gangster movies and that was it. Um, What's the Dog Day Afternoon? Is it? Is no, De Niro did a lot of gangster movies. Taxi Driver. Reservoir Dogs, one of them? No, that's Quentin Tarantino. Oh. That's Harvey Keitel and Steve Buscemi. I thought they were in that too. I mean, they're fan. That's a fantastic movie. Don't get me wrong, but they're not in that movie. You, sh- you need to see Heat. I still can't believe you haven't seen Heat. It's so fucking good. Yeah, but that, that, that whole. If you see it for nothing I've, else. I've never seen Goodfellas or The Godfather. Like, there was a whole genre of movies that, like, not that I wouldn't. I just never watched it. Such a them. shame. I mean, the, we should watch The Godfather, but it's a day we have to get a babysitter because the movie's like three hours long. I know. But I don't, like, is it worth it? Yes. Because I've heard, like, it's not that Part good. one and no. Part one and part two are amazing. Part three is not good. Part one and part two are very good. Part three is the one people don't care for. But that's the get a babysitter. We'll watch part one and part two. I feel like I need to watch those movies in broad daylight because it put me to sleep. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, we'll have breakfast, watch The Godfather, <laughs> have lunch, watch Godfather part two. Just wake up, wake up and jump right into The yeah. Godfather. Are they scary? No. Are they bloody? Mm, I mean, they're, they're, it's a mob movie. Oh, so just. Here and there. I mean, I know there's like the horse head. And They're stuff. speaking the language of subtlety. All I ever think of is the Family Guy thing. They're in a. They go into a panic room in their house and it's filling with water. And like right as to their chin, Peter's like, Before we die, I have to tell you all something. I didn't care for the Godfather. <laughs> and they're all like, What? What's wrong with you? You didn't care for the Godfather? And like they're all talking over each other. And then he's like, there's this scene where they're in the easy chairs and they're speaking a language I can't understand. And then Chris yells, like, they're speaking Italian. And Lois is like, they're speaking the language of subtlety, a language you wouldn't understand. And then Peter goes, I like the money pit. <laughs> and Lois, is, Lois, just, Lois just goes, you would. 
And Chris is like, I like that movie too. <laughs> so I always think of that when I think of The Godfather. I didn't care for The Godfather. Um, but I was saying Pacino and De Niro. But I've come to, I mean, I thought it when I was younger, but as I got older and I saw more of it, I think, and again, this this is so, it's going to sound so typical of me and it's going to sound so biased. I think Robin Williams may be because of his range of, as an actor. Yeah, he had. Because De Niro could do, Pacino didn't, like, his comedy is not great. But De Niro sorry, was did, good. You didn't see of, what is it, Jack, Jack and Jill? Jack and Jill. <laughs> Burn this. It's Don Cacino. But De Niro did good comedy. I know you don't care for Meet the Parents, but you should see Analyze This and Analyze That. I saw one of them. Very funny. They are very funny movies. But that was so when he was younger. I think Not Meet really. The, Meet the Parents was when he was... Well, no. He's like, younger than he is in Meet the Parents. Yeah, yeah. Because those came out in the late 80s, uh, early 90s. Analyze this and analyze that. Yeah. Yeah, and the Meet the Parents were the like 2000s. The, yeah, early 2000s. The first one may have been the late 90s. It may have been right there at the cusp. Oh, I really? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember either, but... I know that it's I... somewhere in there. I know that Meet the Fockers came out when I was in college because we went to see it and I walked out because it was so stupid. That was the so second one. Yeah, third yeah. one's Little Fockers. I mean, I enjoy them, but the first one is the best one. It's trying too hard, I, I have think. nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Like, the first one I The could, first one is good. I could get through Meet... I would watch Meet the Parents. I would watch Meet the Parents a million times over before I would watch something about Mary. Really? Yeah, I don't care for something about Mary. You lose me at the his dick getting caught in the zipper. I'm lost immediately. And the jizz in her hair. I'm done. I'm now out. I'm out. It's very I'm out. I would rather watch a long camp poly then. Oh the poop? There's too much poop jokes in that one. Because <laughs> he has IBS. Yeah, but stop it. I think that's the joke. Stop though. it! Just stop I it! I think it's the joke that is IBS. Yeah, but it's too much. It's too much. And then Phil Seymour Hoffman sharts. I, that may be the first time you hear the word shart in a movie. That but may be the cinematic. It's, it's too much poop. I would rather watch her something about Mary, because at least at the end, I, well, I don't really remember the end. Of... I don't really remember that movie either because I can't. Like I don't know. There's just parts. But there's of that something movie about Mary. I'm... I would rather watch that. One. I think it's because I'm so I'm so out of it. When he gets his dick caught in the zipper. That's the first five minutes. It's the very beginning of the movie. And I'm like, I, this is so too much. So you never get to it's the brother putting his dick in the vacuum cleaner? I've seen them. Couldn't Have tell you seen the, my baseball? I couldn't tell you the last time I saw was The shit with him fighting that lady's cat. I'm like, this is... I, yeah, it's... it's Duplex was also good. Also Ben Stiller. His best movie? Heavyweights. Love heavyweights. Big stand for heavyweights. His parents are in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zoolander is all... I, I do like the Zoolander movies. either I didn't see the second one. I do like the first one, though. But I... I he did a movie called Heartbreak Kid, which I want to watch oh, again. Because when I that. saw yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I feel like I saw it, and I'm like, that movie sucked. But then yeah. I'm like, I don't know that I was fully paying attention to it, but I think I have it on when DVD. I think some movies, like... I also want to rewatch that one with him and Adam Driver. That's another one where I'm like, I don't think I got this movie. The one with their neighbors? No. I think it's called While We're Young. Yeah. We watched it, and we didn't like it. Is it with the neighbors? Are they neighbors? I think and they, they have just... that like one weird night tryst. No, you're thinking that's Jason Schwartzman and oh yeah, I forget what and his name guys, is. The they're guys. not neighbors, though. they're friends. 
No, but they're like new friends. And they swing. They have an orgy. They, the overnight. Well, I think it's called the overnight. Because they have a sleepover. Like four adults having a sleepover. And I'm pretty sure they all fuck each other. Yeah, but it's not. It, it's sort of swinging, but it's not like all four of them swinging together. It's like, okay, well, this husband will take this new wife and then this husband will take that wife. But doesn't it end up being that the two guys fuck each other? I don't know, but it, I forget. it does get weird. It is a weird movie. But no, while we're young is Adam Driver and Ben Stiller. And Ben Stiller and whoever plays his wife are like the old couple. And they meet Adam Driver and his and they wife. they go for dinner. And they're the young couple and they hang out all the time. But I'm pretty sure like Adam Driver is a douche. Like, I think it was just depressing. No, I don't remember. I want to watch it again, though, because I feel like it should we be. We something? I feel like I just didn't. Like, I wasn't there enough to get it. It's also sometimes, been a while since I've seen it. Sometimes I think that movies come out. I also watched Uncut Gems multiple times, and I don't like it. <laughs> sometimes, though, like, especially movies like that, where it's like, I think it just came out, like, you're just, like, a little ahead of their time. So we, the audience, weren't, like, mentally ready for that. And then other movies come out that's like that, and then we're like, oh, we love this. I think that movie was too hyped. And we come what? Uncut Gems. Well, sure. I think that movie was a movie that people, That's what happened when I watched American Hustle. People built up way too much. Well, you should rewatch American Hustle because you also looked at it through a different genre than what it was. I think now that you've seen more of his movies, you would appreciate yeah, yeah, that yeah. movie more. But that's what I mean. The same with the big short. Oh my I god. I think that some movies short. come out and it's just like the audience just like isn't the big short. So we're either not ready. Um, we don't. We don't get it. And I think the problem was though. People forgot Spanglish existed. People forgot that Punch Drunk Love existed. Like people forgot Spanglish that, is not a serious movie. It's, a, it's a more serious no, movie for Adam. It's a no, more it's serious movie for Adam. Sarah. People forgot you people existed. I mean, we all like, Punch Drunk Love. It's terrible. People forgot that he the one did. Where he's like a worse in the paper thing. Works at that like weird. I forget what he sells, but Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. It's bad, real bad. It I is like not. It. It's not great. Paul Thomas Anderson's movie. Um, but people forget that he was a dramatic actor. Like he did dramatic shit. And then Uncut Gems came out, and everyone's like, "Oh my fucking god, he's gonna win the Academy Award!" And he did an interview where if he doesn't get nominated, he's gonna make a movie so fucking bad and for Netflix. Hubie Halloween. And then he made Hubie Halloween, and people were like, "Is this it?" And I'm like, "I kind of like this movie." Everyone did. Um. Because then it was like, can Adam Sandler not make a bad movie? He can. It's called Jack and Jill, and it's also called The Ridiculous Six. Oh, I didn't see And he that did that one. weird one with David Spade that I didn't see, The Do-Over. Didn't oh, see I saw that it. Movie. Oh, it's so bad. I didn't see that movie. Oh, I know, and The Week Before, that was also bad. The Week Of was also terrible. He did a lot. He's done a lot of stinkers. I mean, I love Adam Sandler. You've done a lot of shit movies. But here's um, the thing, though. I think, like, he just, it doesn't matter. No, he doesn't care. People still see him. And yeah. There are people that love him. Yeah. The only exception, I have not once heard anybody talk about the Ridiculous Six. I have not heard positive or negative. I've just heard <laughs> no like, one talk about it. Right which makes there. me wonder, like, did no one see this movie? I mean, you lost me at Taylor Lautner. Because he was dog shit in Grown Ups 2. I well, said it, God damn it, I said it again. He was horrible in Grown Ups 2. I didn't see Twilight, but I can tell you from the trailers, he was horrible well, he in was Twilight. In, um, what's it called? Valentine's Day. Really bad. Really bad. He's not a good actor. No. I've seen him in one movie, and I can tell you, he's not a good actor. Well, you've seen him in two, because you saw Grown Ups 2, and you saw The Ridiculous Six. I didn't see The Ridiculous Six. Oh, I thought you did see No. It. Oh, oh, I thought you said you did the see it. The trailers looked horrendous, and I never watched it. Or that I've never heard, I've never heard anyone talk about it. I've Where never... is it? Netflix. It's a Netflix, like, original movie. Oh. That was one of the first ones he did when he, like, made that whole deal with Netflix. But then, like, wasn't there also, like, But Jack and eight? Jill... 
you hear like this movie was terrible. I've not heard anybody say <laughs> positive things about that movie. But that's why the ridiculous six is weird because I've never heard anything. I kind of want to watch it just to see. But it's Jack like, and Jill, I've heard, like, is universal. I've not heard. It's not an article like this. There was some one no. person's like, man, that movie was really funny. No, no. I've not heard a single person. It is. You're thinking of The Hateful Eight, which was yeah. a Quentin Tarantino movie. But I think they came out like they very didn't. <laughs> they not didn't. close. Oh, no. I thought it was like close by not, where I was like. I not as close as you think. Um, but Jack and Jill, I, it's one of those movies where like. Just watch it for the Dunkachino yeah, scene. But like, watch it because it—it's one of those movies where it's like it's so bad it's funny. Well, it came out too late, too. Yeah. Like you yeah. should have been making this movie when Martin Lawrence was doing Big Mama's House, or Eddie Murphy was doing The Nutty Professor. <laughs> like that's when you should have made Jack and Jill. But instead, you waited till like <laughs> waited every comedian is like, I'm not gonna dress like a woman anymore for this big comedic thing. And then you're like, I'm going to do that right now. It's like, I have an idea. Every black comedian is like, you know what I don't have to do anymore? Put a fat suit on or dress like a woman. And then you're like, well, I'm like going to do that right now. Yeah. Well, Tyler Perry's in it. Those aren't comedies. Those are movies that like, I started out on top and I drug this out till it was dead. Well, also, didn't Medea start out on they're, they're plays. Shows, yeah, yeah. But like the movies that he used to make were good. And then the movies he makes that aren't Medea movies are still good. But then, like, Megan's family was into those movies. Or Megan was, at least. And she made me watch... Was it Medea Goes... No, Medea Goes to Jail was it's still funny. so good. One, it was like the Christmas one? I forget what it was. There is literal fucking star wipes to transition to scenes. And I'm like, holy shit. Did you make this in Microsoft well, Movie Maker? Maybe it was just... It was for the Christmas stuff. It was bad. It was a made-for-TV. It was bad. Um, but I do like his other ones. But... I do. I, I like. do bad all by myself. I like Diary of a Mad Black Woman, which oh is the gosh. first time you see Medea in a yes, movie. Yes, that one's so. Good. Um, I like his. Um, Why did I get married? Why did I get married? Why did I get married to? Did he is it like called like Daddy's Little Girls? Oh, and uh -huh. he's a single dad. Yep. He, he does. He makes Tyler Perry makes good movies. I didn't see that one. Maybe one or two of them, where he plays like a hitman. Oh. I think it was a like John Grisham novel or some shit, and then he made a movie. Oh. I don't know. He was in Gone Girl. He was in Gone Girl. He's a good actor. He was in yeah. Don't Look Up. Yeah. I like him a lot. Um, The Burbs yeah. is number three on here. Uh, oh, no. I'm thinking of um, Suburbicon. Oh, God. <laughs> I like The Burbs. You fell asleep. The Money Pit. I love that movie. Two Tom Hanks movies. I did go back and watch The Burbs. It's funny. It's funny. I mean, it's okay. It's funny that you have Tom Hanks back to back. I, I like The Money Pit a lot. I miss I miss this Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Crush. So 1980s. Splash. Splash is what you're thinking of. These both came out in the 80s. I miss 1980s comedy Tom Hanks. I think what the world needs... I probably said it on the show before because I've definitely said this before. I think the world needs another Tom Hanks comedy. He has been making too many dramas. I mean, he's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but you, we're not saying you can't. You've make gone them. too hard into Sully and Captain Phillips, and you're making all these passion projects now. We need another yeah. good Tom Hanks comedy. We need um big. We need big too. <laughs> Even bigger. He's like a thirty-year-old man. It becomes like a nineties. If they made that movie man. in the, if they made that movie came out in the eighties, I'm pretty sure. If that movie came out in the nineties or early two thousands. It would have been called Big Two Colon Even Bigger. <laughs> I guarantee you, that's what it would have been called. Or it would have just been called like Bigger, but it would have been like B I G dash G E R. Yeah. 
or big colon like they would have really made it yeah. a weird it would like set to seven seven uh-huh. they put a seven in the middle of that yeah. word uncle buck is number one i love i remember siskel and ebert didn't like uncle buck and it's one of my favorite comedies that deserves more love macaulay culkin is genuinely more likable in this movie than in home alone my dad loved that movie. He thought it was hilarious. Wife? It was. What do you do? Great article. I wish there was more. Like, that was a good article where, like... Yeah. But there was a bunch of them that we didn't know. It's funny, the Siskel and Ebert thing. And this is those were clearly movies that were, like, critically not liked. Did, have you seen this shit with Christopher Nolan? So he did a thing now where he said about the importance of professional film critics like he thinks that that should not be a thing that just regular people on the internet do like that should be a job for professionals because he was on his peloton in a peloton class and the instructor said like he doesn't say the movie i'm guessing tenant because people like of all christopher nolan's movies that movie is like universally disliked because it was so convoluted and confusing it was it took the concept of inception and like made it more confusing than because <laughs> it's some weird shit where like you have to do it in reverse it was i have to watch it again because i watched it the first time and i left i like, remember here it wasn't terrible it, but like i i didn't get it yeah <laughs> right like i'm missing something i feel like it's also a movie where like you have to watch it yeah and that's probably part of the problem Right, because most people don't. But, so he doesn't say what movie it was. But he was in this Peloton class, and the instructor was like, oh, did you guys see this? That's two hours of my life I'll never get back. Like, he just, like, railed against this movie. <laughs> Christopher Nolan was in the fucking class. Oh, my God. Well, but that guy's not claiming to be a film critic. He's not, but I think Christopher Nolan's point is, like... Oh, right. His point is kind of the point of, like... Not everyone's opinion matters. Right. And you're, you being a Peloton instructor, yeah. your Peloton class is not the place for you to do that. Yeah. Because it's the same concept of like, I don't read reviews. Like I'm a, I'm a big time director. I don't read reviews because I don't need that in my life. So I also don't need to then go to a fucking Peloton class and then get told in front of a ton of other people. Right. Like your movie sucked. <laughs> Like, oh. I think it's the concept of, like, this is something that should be left to professionals. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird. Okay, I read that. I'm like, wild. I could not imagine. Do you imagine, though, like, if that instructor knew that he was in that class, he probably would shoot his... How do you not say something? How do you not? You can't. What do you mean you can't? No I don't one, know how Peloton works. I have no one's clue. there. It's just like an instructor. I'm pretty sure it's live. Yeah, the instructor is live, but like you don't, you don't have like a speaker on your Peloton. But you're just watching him. You're just watching the instructor. I don't know how Peloton works. So, so like that instructor, when you're watching, is really biking just then, and they like yell out, and I think they can see your stats, and like they can talk to you, but I don't, I. Yeah, I don't, I'm, pretty I sure can, I'm pretty sure they can see your name. I mean, unless he has a different name. Well, but, yeah, maybe he doesn't put on, like... Christopher Nolan, big-time director. <laughs> director no? of Tenet, Christopher Nolan. But he probably just has, like, Chris. Because it's probably just, like... It's probably just CN. Um, and then this one, we'll end on this one. So this is an article of 
actors who played roles in movies that weren't written for them. Oh. But like they, were, they were good. So the first one down at the bottom is Bruce McGill in Animal House, which is the guy who looks... It looks a lot like Donald Sutherland, like a young Donald Sutherland, mm-hmm. <laughs> who was also in that movie. I didn't see that movie, so I don't. Yeah, know. we'll skip it. But you see Animal House? Uh-uh. Look, I'm a zit. That's where John Belushi does that. Okay. He puts mashed potatoes in his mouth. Yeah. And he foul. spits them on the girl's face. Ew. It's well, a college. They're in college. I know. I mean, um, I know the concept. Billy, however you pronounce that last name, and almost famous. Who? Written for Brad Pitt. But who is he? I don't know. Show me the picture. Right there! I can't see it upside down. Lift it up. Oh, I don't know. Billy Crudup. But who is he playing? Crudup. The character Russell Hammond is supposed to be a slightly larger-than-life figure. He's a rock star, a self-proclaimed golden god. Crow very understandably wrote the character with Brad Pitt in mind as an actor who casts a large shadow thanks to his charisma and talent. He seemed like the an ideal fit. Pitt signed on, spending several months meeting with potential co-stars during the casting process. Then he delivered the news that he was going to drop out. Crow said that Pitt, quote, had never fully fallen in love with the character. He had fallen in love with the idea of the character and, quote, was also uncomfortable with the age difference between Russell and Kate Hudson's character, Penny Lane. So I guess it's her place, her boyfriend. Well, well, the, the notion is she's... Frankly, Pitt was too famous anyway. Yeah. His yeah. presence would have made it hard to see the character. Yeah. Also, he's not good, so... Glad he wasn't in it. The point is, like, Penny Lane is the muse. Rowdy Roddy Piper and They Live. Written for Kurt Russell. That makes sense. I don't know what that is, but... That's the movie you'll know it from... So the point is, Roddy Piper has these sunglasses where he can then see, so like there's been like an alien invasion and it almost is like invasion of the body snatchers where people, they look like people but they're aliens and when he has the sunglasses on he can see that they're aliens. So oh. it's just him like, it's not brutal but like it's him murdering people because oh. they're aliens. It's a John Carpenter movie. Um, but it's the scene where he walks into the bank and it's I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And no, I'm all out of bubblegum. Right. I've come here to do two things. Whatever. Yeah. But that's that's where that movie, yeah. that's where that line's from. Um, Dwayne Johnson in Fast Five was written. Ew, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. What a difference. Some of these are like, okay, close enough. What a fucking difference that that's is. That's a whole different movie. Holy shit. I used to think Fast Five is not that old, so it's old Tommy Lee Jones and The Rock. But also, like, oh, even if they were like close in age, look at the body difference. <laughs> That's wild. Are you looking for just just a, a well, they clearly, sized man? They clearly rewrote that entire role. When Fast Five, the fifth installment of the Fast and Furious series, came about, the filmmaking team wanted to add a tough as nails figure to portray Luke Hobbs. The diplomatic security service agent Vin Diesel's Dom first chases, then joins forces with, then immediately thought of Tommy Lee Jones. He was an Oscar winner for his formidable turn in The Fugitive and had an overall reputation for playing characters who are blunt and no-nonsense. Diesel, who served as a producer as well as the star, changed his mind after reading several social media posts from fans. 
One particular one in particular caught his attention. Diesel explained the reason why we brought Dwayne Johnson into Fast Five was because of a fan. There was a girl named Jen Kelly who said, I would love to see Johnson and Diesel work together on screen. And so we gave a role that was initially written for Tommy Lee Jones, but we gave it to Dwayne and he shined in it. And the two of you fucking hate each other. <laughs> I mean, I think it would have been interesting to see Tommy Lee Jones in that Aside role, from but... the fact that it seems unlikely to have Jones teaming with Jason Statham for the eventual Hobbs and Shaw spinoff, Johnson owns the role so fully that it's tough to imagine anyone else inhabiting it. The Fast and Furious franchise is founded on macho toughness, and who represents that better? Johnson's presence adds another layer of testosterone to the proceedings. His commanding presence makes him a perfect match for Diesel. And then you had to be in Hobbs and Shaw because Vin Diesel refused to work with you. And then I'm pretty sure the movie you were in for Fast and Furious, Vin Diesel was not. <laughs> oh, those movies are a wild ride. Cleavon Little in Blazing Saddles, written for Richard Pryor. I mean, if you don't already know that, shame on you. But Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah, black yeah. guy in Blazing yeah, Saddles yeah, yeah. was supposed to be Richard Pryor. I was like, it's not, but no, it's not. You've, un you've doubtlessly noticed Richard Pryor's name in the writing credits. He was a major stand-up comedian at the time, and the role calls for a black actor. So why didn't he play the sheriff part? Brooks desperately wanted him to, even going, quote, on bended knee to every studio executive, begging them to approve hiring the actor. Pryor's drug abuse and subsequent arrests were common knowledge in Hollywood at that point, and his stand-up routines could be both profane and controversial. These factors led the brass at Warner Brothers to nix Brooks' request. Wow. Warren Beatty and Heaven Can Wait. Didn't see that movie? Nope. Written no. for Muhammad Ali. I don't even know what that is. Got the idea to remake Here Comes Mr. Jordan, the 1941 classic about a boxer who is mistakenly taken to the great beyond too soon and, as restitution, is given a new earthly identity as a rich industrialist. Given that it was the 70s, there was only one person who could really play that part, Muhammad Ali. He and Beatty were friends, so they began talking about the prospect of working together on the script Beatty and Elaine May had written for him, which was known as Heaven Can Wait. Beatty, it turned out, was more serious than Ali was. Hmm. I finally realized he wasn't about to put boxing aside to do a movie. And I said, Ali, if you don't do it, I'm going to change to a football player and do it myself. Hmm. And that's what he did. Michelle Yeoh and Everything Everywhere All at Once was written for Jackie Chan. Oh. We were having trouble figuring out the casting for the father figure, and one of us started wondering what happens if we take Michelle's character and flop it, and she becomes the protagonist, and the film just opened up in a completely different way. Hmm. Whoopi Goldberg and Sister Act. Written for Bette Midler. Whoa. Bette Midler is one of those performers who can do everything. She can act, as the Rose proved. She can do comedy, Down and Out in Beverly Hills is a prime example. And of course, she can sing. Who among us doesn't get a little choked up when we hear, when we hear her sing, Wind Beneath My Wings? That's not to say that it doesn't make a blunder every so... She doesn't make a blunder every so often. Case in point, she turned down the hit Sister Act, which writer Paul Rudnick penned with her in mind. In an interview where she wow. discussed career mistakes, the actress recalled, there was Sister Act, which was written for me, but I said, my fans don't want to see me in a wimple. I don't know where I got that from. Why would I say such a thing? <laughs> so Whoopi so did it instead, and of course, she made a fortune. 
Jack Nicholson in Terms of Endearment. Wow. Written for Burt Reynolds. Whoa. Wrote the part specifically for the actor. Everything about it was tailored to his strengths, to his unique charisma. In an incredible act of what can only be called short-sightedness, Reynolds turned down the part in order to make the cannonball run, too. He spent the rest of his career beating himself up over the decision, saying, quote, I regret that one most of all because it was a real acting part. I wish I could have. I wish I would have done it. And thinking back, stupid decision. But I made a lot of stupid decisions in that period. I must have been. It must have been my stupid period. What? I never saw Terms of Endearment. Me either. I want to, but Chris Tucker. I knew this one too. Chris Tucker in The Fifth Element. It was written for Prince. Hmm. A complicated tour schedule conflicted with the production dates and forced him to drop out. I'm pretty sure there's a story about Prince talking to Chris Tucker about it because Chris Tucker is clearly doing an impression of Prince. Sam Neill in Jurassic Park. Written for Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. I was trying to guess. Of course it was. Fucking Steven Spielberg. <laughs> of course oh it was. Oh my god. That, no. Oh, I don't know that it would have worked the same. Had the director not, had the director gotten his way, when adapting Michael Crichton's best-selling dinosaur novel, Spielberg had Ford in mind for the character Alan Grant from the get-go. The part was even written to fit Ford's quiet strength on screen. During a 30th anniversary screening of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ford cracked that Spielberg only ever hired him to play Indy. The director responded by revealing... You know who I offered Jurassic Park to? This guy. Alan Grant, Jurassic Park, right here. For reasons he has never publicly stated, Ford turned down the role. Sam Neill stepped in instead, and it ended up being the part that made him a star. I just, not that he would have been good. Harrison Ford would have been fine. But, like, I just feel like he would have overshadowed everyone else. I think it would have had a... Sam Neill's not supposed to be Indiana Jones. He's not supposed to be, I think it would have felt too much like Indiana Jones. Yeah. It would have felt like you were supposed to really be rooting for But also, at that point, wouldn't... I mean, I don't know the rest of their careers, but wouldn't it have been the same thing of, like, Almost famous, where it's like Brad Pitt would have been too yeah, famous. Wouldn't I, have Harrison Ford I been think too famous? I think for he would have overshadowed Jurassic Park. The rest of the movie, because at that point he was in Raiders. Was he? Did the yeah, other all, Indiana movies come out before that? All of them did. I didn't see them till like the 2010. I don't fucking. They know. all came out in the 80s. I well, didn't one know. of them came out in the 70s, and I think the other ones came out in the 80s. I didn't know. Um, he was in the. Fugitive. And the Star Wars movies. Yeah. See in the future. I think the Star Wars movies alone would have been when enough. When did the Fugitive come out? In the 90s? I don't remember if it was before or after Jurassic Park. Well, I think Indiana Jones alone would have been enough. Because mm-hmm. that was like his... Like, yes, he was Han Solo, but I think Indiana Jones Indiana is a Jones. big... Yeah, yeah. Well, because he's like the... He's the leading man. Alec Guinness in Star Wars. Who played um, old Obi Wan Kenobi? Was written for Toshiro Mifune. Okay. Heavily inspired by Flash Gordon series, as well as Akira Kurosawa's 1958 film *The Hidden Fortress*. That film stars Toshira, 
as a general who pays two peasants to escort him across enemy lines. For his space opera, Lucas wanted to pay direct homage to the Hidden Fortress by casting him as Obi-Wan Kenobi. The actor turned it down because, according to his daughter, he was concerned about how the film would look and that it would cheapen the image of a samurai. Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's, written for Marilyn Monroe. Whoa. Hmm. I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? She okay. said, I think I remember the film. Why didn't, did Marilyn Monroe turn it down or was it? Unfair? Audrey Hepburn gives one of the all-time iconic screen performances as Holly Golightly in Breakfast at Tiffany's. For this reason, envisioning another actress in the role feels wrong. Truman Capote actually pictured Marilyn Monroe when he wrote the book on which the film is based. And when you really look at it, the choice makes perfect sense. Aside from the fact that Capote and Monroe were friends, the writer borrowed many qualities from Monroe in conceiving the character. Both came from impoverished backgrounds, reinvented themselves in a more glamorous image, and were exploited by men to just give three examples. Hepburn's background was completely different. Director Blake Edwards wasn't sold on Monroe, choosing Hepburn to play Holly instead. His instincts proved correct. The actress doesn't need to have real-life things in common with the character. She's able to make Holly three-dimensional through her talent alone. It also helps that Hepburn has her own distinct look. Whereas Monroe had the inescapable va-va-voom factor, she possessed a sense of elegance that really works for the film. Her performance makes Breakfast at Tiffany's what it is. It, you can definitely tell that it was written, like, inspired by. Yeah. Wesley Snipes in Blade was written for LL Cool J. Hmm. Never saw it. Joe Pesci in My Cousin Vinny was written for Andrew Dice Clay. What? Screenwriter Dale Lautner had comedian Andrew Dice Clay in mind for the role, saying Vinny was supposed to be a heavyweight boxer. It was mentioned in the screenplay, but got cut out. But he was supposed to look like a big thug, like muscle for the mob. Hmm. I saw him as six foot four, 220 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> Not quite how that ended <laughs> Clay's vulgar, controversial stand-up routine made the studio executives nervous. Wow. And a rude comment he once directed at its vice president led them to refusing to cast him. Wow. However, 20th Century Fox had a good experience with Pesci on the massively successful Home, Home Alone. Alone. So they pushed for him to get the role instead. I mean, he's perfect for it. Yeah. And finally, Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop, written for Sylvester Stallone. Casting That's comedians. Another one where it's like. In 1984, casting comedians in action day. movies was a very uncommon thing to do. Beverly Hills Cop changed that. The original script was designed as a vehicle for Sylvester Stallone, and it was intended to lightly spoof his tough guy image. Everything was set to go until two weeks before production was slated to start, the actor got cold feet. He took it upon himself to rewrite the script as a more typical action flick with a hero who occasionally made wisecracks rather than as a comedy that happened to have some action in it. The executives of Paramount Pictures didn't like this change, nor did they want to sink more money into the budget. Sly was out. Eddie Murphy had scored a hit for Paramount via a co-starring role opposite Nick Nolte in the action-oriented 48 Hours, so they offered Beverly Hills Cop to him. The impact was profound. Whereas 48 Hours gave Murphy a big screen breakout, Beverly Hills Cop made him a full-on movie star. His turn as Axel Foley is hilarious. In fact, it's become his signature role. Murphy handles the action incredibly... The Murphy handles the action credibly, too, 
bringing a streetwise quality to Foley that infuses the movie with a distinct edge. They're making another one of those. Coming out soon on Netflix. With him or with Eddie Murphy. That's there's a couple of them where it was like that is really you went from here to here. Yeah. Like some of them it, like Dwayne Johnson and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, like it's both It work. speaks volumes about that movie franchise that they wrote that role for somebody else and then someone tweeted. Like, yeah. I'd really love to see Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel make a movie together. And Vin Diesel was like, sold. I'll rewrite this entire I'll rewrite this entire yeah, part for a different else. person. <laughs> Maybe Tom Lee Jones would have given you like a bit more. Well, like, now Kurt Russell's in them. Really so it's a weird, like, why didn't you write in... Why didn't you write Timely Jones into Kurt Russell's character? Well, maybe they did tried. Did you offer it to Timely yeah, Jones? Timely Jones said, to. fuck off. Yeah, maybe he was like, no, thank you. Timely Jones was like, why would I want to come in on number nine? Yeah, with, when I could have come in on number five. Kurt Russell comes in on. Wild. <clears throat> um, that's all we have for this episode. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week. More fun stuff to talk about. I oh, hope those lists were good ways to end it. Um, I'll try to do my homework. On. I'll do my best. Leave the world behind. I'll download it tonight. You got a week. <laughs> I mean, I've certainly read books that fast. Before. Here, you want to look at how many pages it is? That doesn't really mean anything now. And it doesn't, but like some books read fast and some books read slow. Yeah, like, yeah, well, just to give an idea. I have a feeling it's going to be a slower. Just to give an idea. Um, leave the world the behind. Type in page number. Page count. Well, I'm going to type in book, first of all. <laughs> it is called Leave the World Behind. Is that Novel. I don't know that it's just going to be like offering up the page count. I think Wikipedia might. I think you're going to have to ask it. It came out in 2020. Oh. Made into a movie in 2023. Set in Long Island, which it is in the movie as well. Um, 256 pages. Oh. All right. That's, that's, that's a hefty... I don't, but also like according how to literary review aggregator bookmarks, the novel received mostly favorable reviews. Writing for New Yorker, Hillary Kelly praised the novel as enthralling. Oh, oh. it was a finalist for the 2020 National Book Award for Fiction. Hmm. Okay, was it a New York New York Times bestseller? And was assessed by Emily Temple of Literary Hub to have been included on 20 year-end lists featuring the best novels of 2020. What was it a bestseller? <laughs> I'm not going to read that because that's a big difference. Holy shit, that's a big difference. Um... It does not say... I feel like it would say right off the bat. Because that's like a book... I'm not seeing New York Times bestseller. Not that it matters, but like 
that would have given a yeah. more indication that it was like I'm not seeing author of Rich and Pretty. Okay, that sounds so, like a fun one. So if you read Rich and Pretty, I don't think I did. But the title lends me to believe I might like it. <laughs> I usually judge my books based on their cover art. Does it have cover art? Could I see it? This is the Wikipedia one. I'm sure there's probably tons of different ones. No, that's no, the... that's the cover. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see what we're working with. It's very um, girl with the dragon tattoo, girl on the train, gone girl. That's how all those book covers look. Yeah, very minimalist, very and like a it, like drawn background, and then the title is just like very chunky letters. He wrote "Rich and Pretty," that kind of mother. He or she? He. Oh, did you say Hillary? No, that was the woman who like wrote the review oh, about it. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Rich and pretty, and what? His parents emigrated from Bangladesh to the United States in the early 1970s. Ooh, fun. One what, of four siblings. What was the other book? He wrote Rich and Pretty in 2016, That Kind of Mother in 2018, Leave the World Behind in 2020, and Get Away in 2022. Okay. I'll look it up. Was acclaimed by book critics and nominated for the 2020 National Book Award. You said that already. Well, that's it. It's even on his page, so it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. I'll still read it. It's okay. I don't know what Getaway is. Because the other three are novels. Getaway is not a novel. It might not be. Is it not done? It says it came out in 2022. No. It could have been an online thing. He studied writing at Oberlin College. Okay. Well, I don't need all that info. <laughs> no, for your book's better than your movie. Well, he didn't do the movie. He I don't know. Maybe he did do it. Maybe he was part of the screenplay. I I'm sure he was involved, but... Well, involved. Is he involved as in adapted from the novel? Yeah. Or yeah, involved maybe. as in I did help with the screenplay? No, probably. Involved as in you use my book. Awful. God damn it. I <laughs> just can't. I'll do what I can. I, I will do can't. what I can. Uh, you got a week to read the book and watch the movie. Well, the movie I'm not worried about. It's the book reading. Well, I'm though. telling you how the movie ends once the book is done. If you haven't watched the movie yet or not, I'm not going to not talk about the movie. No, I, you got to let me watch it. Well, then you need to watch it. Okay, well, I need to read the book. That's what I'm it. saying. Your homework is read the book, watch the movie. Okay, well, I have two kids, so I'll do the best that I can. I'm not saying you have to get it done <laughs> immediately. I'm saying that's what that's your assignment. Is I'm those aware. two things. Yeah, the movie I'm going to be able to I watch. I can't. I'm so mad. I can't I can tell watch you. that during the day. I'm so mad I can't tell you because what was on Wikipedia as a plot detail that has changed from the book to the movie is wild that it's changed. Like, it's a, maybe it's Sorry. not, but maybe it's not as big as I'm thinking it is, but just reading it in my mind, I'm like, this seems like it's a big difference. Well, um, we'll find out. Yeah, there you have it, folks. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for our very <laughs> heated discussion of our big cliffhanger. I, I love of, it. A big cliffhanger. I fucking hope you don't. Our big cliffhanger of leave know. the world behind. If you love it, that will solidly be an entire episode of just you and I go back and forth. Just you and I going back and forth on how you thought this movie was good. I, I mean, I don't. Atrocious. I don't. 
I assume that I'm not going to like it. Like, I don't think like, oh, because you don't like it, I'm going to well, like I it. Well, I think I think there's it's, very few. I think I think it's so bad because of the ending. That's the other thing we talked about. A movie that's shit and the ending is great. A great ending can save you from thinking a movie is terrible. But if a bad movie has a bad ending, you think the entire movie is bad. And right, there is no nothing. saving. Yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. saving grace. Doug Benson mentioned The Mist, which is that movie I told you about where the end, he shoots all the people in the car and the army arrives. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. such a big ending that like you can rewatch the movie because the ending is so huge. But like the ending of this movie is so garbage. Right, You'll never watch the movie. Right, what's the point? There's no like payoff. Oh, it's infuriating. All right. Like, <laughs> all right, well, let me go get my book. All right. Thank you for joining us. We'll be here next week. Um, follow us on social media. Uh, if you're listening to this, check out the YouTube channel. If you're watching this, check out. <laughs> I mean, just subscribe to the podcast. You don't have to listen to it, obviously, if you're watching it. Um, but subscribe to the yeah, podcast. Market has played, so everyone market has played. Subscribe to it. Review it. You can give it a thumbs up or however. I don't know how all the. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you review. I mean, I know Apple is like a full blown review thing. Google yeah. Podcasts, I don't think allows you to review. No, podcasts. you can't even say that you liked it. I have to go on. It's either you you listened or you didn't. I have to download my new podcast app, whatever I'm going to use, because now it tells you at the top of Google Podcasts, like as of April fourth or something like that. This won't exist anymore. I just anymore. started using Amazon. But it tells you, like, it has a thing to export oh, oh. your things. So I don't have to write them down and do it again. It will just... Whoosh. The default is YouTube music. But, oh, yeah. I did keep getting... I, I um, deleted um, Google Podcasts since it was going away anyway. Yeah. Well, I knew it was going away, but I didn't know when. And yeah. I got really worried, like, oh, it'll be January 1st. But I it, just didn't want to get stuck in the middle. In the new year. I think, like, when it turned... 2024 it comes up at the top now and says like whatever yeah it's in fucking april or something should i think of that but yeah follow us on social media rate review subscribe give us a thumbs up um hit the notification bell on youtube so you get notified when we put new episodes out i think that's the whole spiel i need to give i don't know it's our first episode after the new year forgive us um yeah we love you, and as always, thank you for being a friend. Good night.